Good morning. Hi, my name is Andrea Reinhardt, and I am part of the College of Preachers here at the table. So one of the practices we value is learning to proclaim good news to one another, to receive good news from one another. So I'm thankful to have the privilege to proclaim good news to our community this morning. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So thank you, Matt, for the introduction of Epiphany this morning. I'm going to skip over that part. <laughs> we are in the season of Epiphany, a season of revealing, a season of Jesus showing us that he is, in fact, the Savior of the world, coming to save all people, all places. And so we proclaim the good news this morning. The breath of God's Spirit is blowing like a wind over the face of the earth, renewing and refreshing life in unexpected places. Church, you carry that aroma of God's new creation wherever you find yourself. Beloved, rest in the assurance that God's presence goes before you, it dwells richly in you, and lingers long after you're gone. Uh, this morning, as we move into Epiphany, I wanted to continue to build on some of the themes from Christmas Tide, which still continue to be relevant as we move forward. Last week, Father Ben preached about how the incarnation of Jesus is salvation for us, that God's presence is nothing less than new creation um, being established among us, coming among us. And the week before that, Mother Nancy preached about how Jesus continues to surprise and delight us with his work in our lives and in the world. So this morning, as we celebrate the baptism of our Lord, the baptism of Jesus, um, just thinking about the new creation being established that Father Ben talked about, I was thankful that Bruce Colville had shared a meditation on the baptism of Jesus that he had been reading earlier uh, in the week, where he said, in Jesus' baptism from our gospel reading this morning, Jesus enters into the waters the waters that remind us of the waters of the original creation in new creation, that the Holy Spirit, like the, Holy, like the Spirit hovering over the waters at creation, is hovering there in Jesus' baptism, and that the Father gives a blessed affirmation in original creation that all that he has made is good, and the humans he had made are very good, and in Jesus, that he is the beloved, the one who is the firstborn of new creation. So here at Jesus' baptism, as we celebrate this morning, we see that new creation is being established. This, uh, as we, Jesus leads into Jesus' ministry, where we see healing of people who are sick and in pain. The casting out of demons, which is the, the oppression of the spiritual world, the reordering of the spiritual world, restoring of relationships. We see Jesus' fellowship with the Father. All of this is what I mean when I say new creation is among us, is being birthed among us. There's fullness of life. There's the wiping away of tears. There's death being swallowed up. So as I've been reflecting on our texts over um, these past days and turn to the book of Acts, I see, I, I couldn't help but noticing it throughout the book of Acts, that we see that the ministry of the disciples in Acts parallels the ministry of Jesus. That just like Jesus is bringing healing and casting out demons, restoring relationships. So in Acts, the disciples begin to do this. It's nothing less than the disciples becoming Jesus in the world, being empowered by the Holy Spirit to, to be Jesus in the world. They go out and they proclaim that the kingdom is here. They're entering a world of new creation where there's healing for those who are sick and in pain, participating in the reorder, reordering of the spiritual world, restoring relationships. We read numerous times that people are, that they, the church, are living together in peace. There are no needy persons among them. 
But also in that reality, we see that persecution comes. So as we move to Acts chapter 8, that a persecution comes, something that is really like the opposition to the kingdom, and it pushes um, the disciples out into the world. So as we specifically turn toward our Acts reading this morning, um, I want us to notice two things. First, that even though this persecution is happening and, and there is the kingdom of God coming in, in the world where that is actually continuing to exist in opposition to God, that God is bringing about new creation in unexpected places. So because of that persecution, the disciples are scattered. In chapter 8, Philip goes into Samaria, a very unexpected place. We're aware of the tension between Samaria and Jewish people. We're aware that these are two communities with different religious traditions where uh, the Samaritans specifically are excluded from the means and places of God's grace and blessing because of the way that they worship versus the way that the Jewish people worship. But here, as Philip goes to Samaria, these are people who receive Jesus, receive new creation into their midst. And then secondly, we notice that, that, God's, that God brings this grace and blessing wherever people are going, wherever, as Philip is going, God is bringing that grace and blessing but it is multiplied and it is built up in a sense because of the broader church partnering with Philip in that work. I think it's interesting that our specific reading this morning is focusing on Peter and John coming, but really the whole chapter eight of Acts is Philip's ministry with the Samaritans and with a eunuch, another person who was excluded in the Old Testament law from the means and place of God's blessing. But that as Peter and John come and partner in the work that Philip is doing, God's spirit is given. So in the same way that that dove descends upon Jesus, in the same way that the spirit fills the church throughout the book of Acts, now the spirit is coming upon the Samaritans. And I really appreciated Troy Miller, who's a theologian and commentator, how he said, Peter and John don't undo or redo what Philip accomplished among the Samaritans. They pray for and they lay hands on them so that they may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter and John, therefore, come as participants in the larger work of God, offering support for and extending what Philip had already accomplished. So in other words, that second point that I was saying, well, first, that God is bringing about this new creation in this unexpected place. But secondly, that that partnership with the broader church and that partnership in the broader work of what God is doing really builds up and extends the work of new creation into the world. Church, in the same way, the breath of God's spirit is blowing like a wind over the face of the earth this morning, renewing and refreshing life in unexpected, unexpected places. You carry that aroma of God's new creation wherever you find yourself. Beloved, rest in the assurance that God's presence goes before you, dwells richly in you, and lingers long after you're gone. So as we consider how to embody this good news in our lives um, today, I wanted to invite us to respond in a few ways. First, I was thinking about how much, especially, you know, we, we're just living in crazy times right now. <laughs> we're, we are aware, we feel that languishing in ourselves still. We're leading busy lives that leave us exhausted, that leave us isolated so many times. How can we, rather than escaping from that or trying to ignore it or trying to check out from it, how can we pause and notice where God's creation is in those unexpected places, even in the midst of difficult places, even in the midst of sadness, even in the midst of, you know, those occasions 
that are not new creation, persecution for Philip or for the church? How can we go about pausing and noticing? How might you continue to build regular rhythms of noticing God's goodness and work? Maybe this is setting aside time for journaling. Maybe this is doing a regular prayer of examen. It's just such a powerful way to reflect on our, all the mundane parts of our day, but all the places that God's present. Maybe it's just simply lighting a candle and breathing, being present to God, and naming, recognizing the sadness and the difficulty and the struggle, but also recognizing where new creation is springing up in those places, those unexpected places. How do we celebrate and give thanks for where we're seeing new creation in the unexpected places? And the second place I wanted to invite us to embody this good news is just asking, how can the life of the church, here at the table specifically, in all these, these people that we're seeing, the faces that we're looking around at, how can we be a means of grace and blessing in the midst of our individually lived lives? We, we go about so much kind of in our own realms a lot of times for many of us. And then we gather back together. But how, like, Philip goes out into Samaria and then the church comes alongside, how can we uh, invite one another into the work that God is doing in all of the different places that we're inhabiting throughout the week? Are there places that we can invite each other in to where God is redeeming the world in our own spheres? So first, let's continue to pray for one another. As I was thinking about this, I was like, that's so trite sometimes. Be like, oh, we'll pray for each other. It's like, requires almost nothing. And it's easy just to like, let that be out there. But then I was just reflecting on how, even in, in this, these texts this morning, this is the baptism of Jesus, the, only, the one that really focuses on Jesus' prayer and the life of connection that Jesus has with the Father through the life of prayer that he's living and the power that God just makes available to us as we partner with him in prayer, as we partner with one another in prayer. It's not just a matter of like, oh, I'll pray for you, and that's going to require nothing, but as we inhabit the power of prayer that God actually exhibits in Scripture, it is doing work in the world as we pray for one another. So how can we continue to invite one another um, through prayer to the places we're inhabiting, where new creation, where we long for new creation, and where we're seeing new creation? Also, how do we continue to invite each other in realizing that we don't have to take on everything, that we're when we're tired? <laughs> I seriously felt all of these things this week preparing the sermon, and it was such a practice to be inviting and then to have people reaching out to me and inviting me um, through this process. It was like a complete do of this good news <laughs> just in preparing the sermon. But how do we discern together? How do we continue to discern together where God's new creation is, is, is blowing over the earth? How do we partner with others and submit to someone else's vision or way of leading? How do we take the risk of asking others if they want to partner with us? Because they could say no, right? <laughs> they could not be interested. How do we celebrate together? How do we make those occasions? And I feel like this is, has been such a challenge because of COVID and now as these, the numbers are going up, we're like feeling that tension again. But I've been so encouraged by how over the past couple of years, there have just, we've just found spaces to make these conversations happen and to share those conversations together, to share that prayer together, whether that was anything from take, like lots of walking <laughs> and drinking of coffee outdoors and Marco Poloing and things like that, but even phone calls, like I hate phone calls and yet I've had so many like life-giving phone calls uh, of these conversations of being able to share that. We can find ways 
even in the midst of COVID, to share those spaces together. And then the third thing I wanted to invite us um, as we consider this good news, as I've been preparing, I've been very mindful of the fact that we are going to be moving away from this building and we are going to be going into a new place. And it has not, it's like Philip's persecution was the occasion that propelled him out somewhere else. Well, it's not persecution propelling us out, but there's there something that wasn't a choice of ours that's propelling us into a new place. And how do we ask? How do we um, discern together? How do we be open-hearted and open-handed to see where God's inviting us to participate uh, in, in where he's establishing new creation, to participate in his mission, wherever we find ourselves as we move out from here? So as part of that, I know that we'll talk about this in announcement, but next week we're going to have, be having an all-church meeting to begin to talk about what's it going to look like to move somewhere new, what sorts of opportunities are we wanting to discern. Um, next week, 9.30, come to that meeting. Come be part of that. Two weeks, sorry. Two weeks, two Sundays. See, my months are like, my weeks are flying by. Sorry, two Sundays. The date is in the booklet. Um, but come, come be part of the conversation together uh, as a church. Let's discern where God wants to work in us today. Church, this morning, the breath of God's spirit is blowing like a wind over the face of the earth, renewing and refreshing life in unexpected places. You carry that aroma of God's new creation wherever you find yourself. We carry it wherever we find ourselves. Rest in the assurance that God's presence goes before you, it dwells richly in you, and it lingers long after you're gone. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.